Hello! Welcome back! This is Mary Thaler and Jeffrey Edwards. And today we have a treat. We have a special part two of our the, last episode. Which is uh, writing as scientists. Mm -hmm. So We had uh, so much to say that it became two episodes. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, how we integrate the science or our, sci our science backgrounds into the writing process. So you mentioned this idea that, um, I think you mentioned that writing fiction, for yeah. instance, is involves a different set of principles than writing science might. So yeah. uh, can you talk about what, transitioning from one to the other or yeah. how, how they different, differ from each other for you? Science, for better or worse, has, often has a specific audience, which is other scientists. And you know how to talk to other scientists and you talk to them in a certain way. With fiction, you have to talk to everyone, and and so it 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 opens up in a way that science doesn't. That's one of the differences. Here's one. <laughs> science science is often looking for the general case. Yes. You are trying to find out how the thing that you discovered uh, can be used and applied to other situations. You're trying to find the underlying rules. Regularities and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Fiction is always about the specific case. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to go in on this, this character, this situation that is like no other character and no other situation that has ever existed. And you're not going to be able to apply it from one to another. Uh, so you have to learn to move away from abstractions into mm -hmm. something much more concrete when you write fiction. Yes, there's a, a formulaic way of writing science, and that's not a bad thing. That makes it very easy for sci other scientists to understand exactly what you're saying because they understand the rules of science writing. Right. And so a lot of science writing is in the passive voice, for instance, uh, yes. which is actually can be annoying <laughs> to read. <Yeah. laughs> And a lot of gerunds and mm -hmm. and things like that, rather than the active verbs of things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I, I must admit, my science writing has probably changed since I started writing fiction. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean, when I uh, while I was in grad school, my supervisor used to say to me, she knew that I was writing fiction on the side, and she'd cross out whole paragraphs. She'd say, "You're being too literary here, Mary. Just no, <laughs> stop this. This is too." This is this is like your this this is your short story that's coming out here. And this is we're writing a, a, a scientific text. Too many adjectives. <laughs> so although that can apply to actual writing fiction, because, sure, because yeah. the same parsimony parsimony yeah. that you want for science writing is actually a strength in writing fiction or can be Absolutely. so. Absolutely. So, um, it's not so different. People mm -hmm. have these ideas mm -hmm. that writing fiction is much more flourishing than, yeah. but it's not necessarily the case. No, <laughs> no. You, you have to, um, you have to be lean and sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. I think what you can do in fiction and literary writing is you can break those molds, those those uh, the formula and the rules for writing that um, structure scientific writing yeah. so much uh, that it's 
in fact, it's part of the, the point of what you're doing is to break out of the expected ways of writing. So did you go through a transition period when you, did you learn to write fiction as opposed to <laughs> writing? I mean, I've got copies of, of stories that I was writing back in, in third grade that were like little fairy tales and, and things like that. Uh, so I was writing fiction all my life. And then I think it was more, I, I kind of had an, served an apprenticeship where I learned to write science, scientific writing. And the fiction was continuing uh, along the side. And there was a time when I thought that I would mostly do science, that science would be my full-time job and uh, writing fiction would be for evenings and weekends. And now we've, we've reversed that. But the fiction never went away. It was mm -hmm. always happening. Because in my case, it did go away. I mean, okay. I started off as a young man, very interested in the whole writing process, fiction and so forth. Yeah. And then I essentially stopped for about 25 years, writing almost any fiction at all. Yeah. And, and then came were... back to it. So it's a very different kind of process. And, and I imagine in those years, a lot of scientific work was being done. Uh, like you were doing... So I've written, you know, more than 250 papers in science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite a lot of production. That is a in, lot. In... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you find, when you came back to the writing, had had all that scientific work changed your writing? Well, I was worried it? about it. It's mm. one of the things that when I started to write, I thought, because mm. I had heard other comments, for instance, for, from editors about, mm -hmm. about professors and okay. how they think they can write, but yeah. they can't. Oh, dear. <laughs> really? And I thought, hmm, maybe my case. I need to That's be not too, not too much hubris about yeah. the fact that I've written all these scientific yeah. papers doesn't mean I can write fiction. Yeah. So when I launched myself into this process, I thought, well, I really think I need to relearn the process of writing fiction yeah. and not be too cocky about it. Yeah. Right? Were there habits that you had to get rid of? Uh, the passive voice I had to leave behind. Absolutely. Um, descriptions in fiction require a kind of, um, you know, I mean, in science you, you describe things and mm -hmm. you need to describe things in detail, but they're not descriptions that have feeling in them. And yeah. descriptions in fiction mm -hmm. have to have feeling built into them. So I had yeah. to learn to do that in a way that's, that wasn't necessarily the case in my science fiction writing, in my science yeah. writing. You had yeah. to uh, let that part of your brain be turned on. Yeah, and re-engage with that. Was there anything positive about the science um, that, that carried over into the writing? Well, one of the things that, as a young man, when I was interested in writing, mm -hmm. I must admit I was very, hes not hesitant exactly, but unsure of myself. Okay. Uh, but having had a career as a scientist, uh, you know, I'm extremely sure of myself in the science world. Yeah. And that carried over into the writing. Even mm -hmm. though I was relearning the process of writing fiction, yeah. I carried with me that assurance yeah. that I didn't have as a young man. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I took on this huge project for science fiction mm -hmm. with, you know, basically the insurance that, well, I'll work it out and I'll figure out how to make this. Yeah. This work. Because you'd already done huge science projects 
Exactly. Uh, and, and how and, different could it be? And, and those, many of the science projects were as unclear to begin with mm -hmm. as was this writing project, and they had mm -hmm. all worked out. So, yeah. you know, I kind of knew that I'd be able to find my way through this. Yeah. So that was different. Because I work in the Arctic, because I, my work had to do a lot to do with climate change, people say, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if you wrote a novel that was, you know, exciting uh, and, and fun and taught people about climate change? It would, yeah. it would be like a but fun you, way. you do kind of that in a way. It's not necessarily directly focused on that, but these issues I mean, come I back into your it. writing through the back door, as it were. I do, but, but that wasn't my first response. No. As soon as I heard that... I, I had this no, <laughs> which is odd because I'm sure that uh, a novel, it would be great if more people understood climate change and people read novels. So it would be great if there was a novel that helps people understand about climate change, I guess. <laughs> but it, it felt, it, it was strange. Have you ever had... Well, I think it has to do with this this thing that I was talking about earlier about mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Um, the writing has to come from a place of feeling. It has to come from the inside out. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, I think you can write from the outside in. You can decide, I'm going to do this, it's going to look like this, and you can yeah. write that way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are many people who mm -hmm. do that. But uh, I think it's not, it's certainly not the way I work. No. I, I want things to come from the inside and work themselves into out yeah. and so um, I won't take instruction that way no. <laughs> <laughs> and of course I have a science career that says oh I I will allow myself to not take instruction that way because I have all this background <laughs> <laughs> that's what the PhD means you have to do what people say <laughs> but Got you it. have a PhD too so it's true <laughs> does it do do some of your scientific preoccupations come out in your fiction? Yeah, I mean, say? I think, in fact, my, in a way, the whole, the whole saga of the science fiction mm -hmm. monster that I'm working on, the 15 book saga, yeah. is about a kind of vision of humanity and vision of the world that is part, is strongly uh, mm -hmm. fed by my scientific interests yeah. over the years. Which is the other, uh, the other comment that I think both scientists and science fiction writers get is uh, what, what, what is the future going to be? People are often asking, scientists that ask that, uh, you know, the, the policymakers come to us and say, all right, uh, climate change 20 years from now, what's the Arctic mm -hmm. Ocean going to be? What, what's the ecology of the Arctic Ocean going to be? And I think in science fiction, you're letting yourself in for some of some of that as well. And 1,000 years from now. Yeah, mine is very long-term yeah. future possibilities, so yeah, there is a kind of prophetic yeah. aspect to that. Prophetic or pr predictive. Or, or projective, I guess, thing. which is probably more what's going on yeah. than, than predictive, exactly. But Do you uh, think that's a, a productive way to read science fiction? I think it's built into science fiction mm -hmm. to a certain level. I think yeah. uh, it's part of why one is pulled to read science fiction, yeah. that one has visions of the future. Obviously, none of these visions are going to actually occur, no. but they inform our understanding of how society is evolving and where it's going and what mm -hmm. the possibilities, are, possibilities and what the dangers are of, of, mm -hmm. of, of that uh, evolution. So I think... 
I think it's a legitimate subject yeah. in the science fiction. A thought experiment, in fact. Yeah. Which is a scientific term that has made the jump right. um, into the literary yeah. world. Yeah. 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 Uh, was it Weltanschauung? The, French, the German term for worldview. Right? Weltanschauung. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a word for everything. <laughs> <laughs> was the philosophers, I think, that. Oh, yeah. uh, Einstein used the, that mm -hmm. term. So. Speaking of future episodes, I, I think, think we can wrap up this one, yeah. and uh, and and uh, next time we're planning to talk about writing practices. So um, yeah, the the actual physical nuts and bolts of sitting down with a writing instrument and writing. Yeah, it may be boring to look at, but it is interesting <laughs> to do. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you'll join us, and if you've enjoyed this, um, then do subscribe. There's a link below. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and, and talking to you again next time. Great.